0: At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. Cryptid Keeper Podcast. The podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us. And if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. I'm Addison Peacock. And we're here to learn you some knowledge. I'm the victim of podcast warfare. Every time I am not prepared, Alex plunges me into the intro zone. Every single time. Um, I would say that I'm sorry, but I won't lie to you. I respect our friendship too much for that. <laughs> so instead, I'll just keep abusing you with my tactics. <laughs> It's sneaky and it's mean. I'm very sorry. I contain multitudes, I guess. You're not sorry. (laughs) I'm not. No, I'm sorry that I'm like this. (laughs) I'm just not sorry for the actions themselves. I am sorry that I'm not a better person who could be sorry about that for you. Oh, my God. All right. (laughs) It's fair. There's a level of self-awareness here that... Yeah, great. yeah. I, I strive for at least knowing what kind of monster I am. And knowing what kinds of monsters are out there in the world is kind of the whole deal with our podcast. So, boom, thematic synergy. That was unexpectedly smooth. <laughs> that, that's my brand, actually. Unexpectedly smooth. It's actually what it says on your business cards. <laughs> it should. It should be. I should. I need to get new business cards now. Dang it. Okay. So I've brought a very topical cryptid for you this week. Although you could also call it a tropical cryptid, as in tropical storms, because this is uh, the Gray Man of Polly's Island. Are you familiar with the Gray Man of Polly's Island? Only such that I saw someone talking about it in our Facebook group the other day. Yeah, super recent. Um, so. Actually, originally I was going to do a very different cryptid today um, because we've sort of lingered in the United States for a couple weeks in a row now, and I kind of wanted to break out of that pattern, and I was going to, and up until, I kid you not, 45 minutes ago, I had a different cryptid I was going to do on this episode. But I saw (laughs) that same post in the Facebook group, and I saw a few other tweets too, and I thought, well, you know what, like, this chance is not going to come up again, like, at least... Until next hurricane season, which unfortunately, like, I hope it doesn't need to be addressed. But anyway, the Gray Man of Polly's Island is a South Carolinian cryptid, actually. Mm-hmm. Sort of a ghost story, but one of those benevolent warning ghosts that appears. And specifically appears ahead of storm damage. So actually, the reason that the Gray Man is coming up right now is because there have been a couple very, very, very recent Gray Man sightings ahead of... Hurricane Florence. Mm. Now, by the time this episode comes out on Sunday, hopefully Hurricane Florence will be over and done with, and everyone who is listening to this episode will be safe and sound somewhere. I'm hopeful because it seems like the trajectory has, like, shifted somewhat, and it looks like maybe it's not going to be as bad as projected. I don't know. I know that originally um, Centerville, where I am, was supposed to be in, like, the moderate danger to life and property zone, and now we're not at all. It's gone much further oh, south. Good. But... But. Yeah right. Um, so it's not going to touch us at all, I don't think. However, it has. It does look like it's going to move more inward in the Carolinas. So again, this timing is weird because by the time this is released, that should have already happened. And I hope everybody's safe. But relevant to all of that, we're going to talk about the Gray Man. All right. The Gray Man is not a new urban legend by any means. It's actually a pretty old one that specifically has to do with Polly's Island in South Carolina. Credited as sort of a famous ghost, the Gray Man before the storm, or the Gray Man of Polly's Island, or just the Gray Man. But here is an article on the Gray Man from the Paranormal Guide in 2015. And this sort of details the original, like, origin story of the Gray Man. Now, there are a few different variances on this. There are some tweaks in who people think the gray man is or was originally. There are some, you know, as you would expect, different variations on the idea of where the gray man comes from or why he is like he is. But this is sort of the most basic generic version I found. And then we can sort of talk about the discrepancies from there. Okay. So, Polly's Island, South Carolina, early 1800s. A young man is getting ready to visit his love, a love he has not seen in a long time as he's been out at sea. He plans to journey to the other side of the island to his beloved's home to ask for her hand in marriage. A young woman readies her home for an expected arrival, her man that she has not seen in a long time. She prepares the house, getting everything ready and perfect as she was told he had a surprise and something to ask her, and she had a good idea of what that was. At any moment, her beloved would make his arrival known, and hopefully after this evening they would never again be parted the man leaves his home with a companion on horse, eager to quickly cross the distance to the other side of the island. They follow the road for a ways before deciding on taking a shortcut through a marsh and taking a more direct off-road route. Now, this is me editorializing a little bit, but if you're at all familiar with ghost stories in the general sense, you'll know that like going off-road and into the swamp, probably not your best move. Mm. So as the sky darkens and night begins to fall, the marsh takes on an orange hue, but the man need not worry as he is making good time. However, his horse stumbles and he is thrown into the marsh. The water and mud quickly grip him tight and slowly begin to pull him under. His companion tries to reach him to pull him free, but it is not just water he has fallen into, but also quicksand. And soon he gets his last glimpse through living eyes as his world turns black. Back at her home, the young woman waits patiently, but her love never arrives. Soon, news reaches her of the tragedy that has befallen them, her love dead, taken into the marsh. She is devastated and takes to walking along the beach on her own. One evening, while making her regular walk along the strand, she comes across a solitary man dressed in gray, staring out over the ocean. There was something about the way he stood that seemed familiar, and as curiosity got the better of her, she approached him. As she got closer, the man turned around so she could see his face. Her heart skipped a beat as she recognized her love. But how was this possible? Before she could ask any questions, the man, her love, told her to leave, that the island was not safe. Before she could protest, he disappeared. More distraught than ever, she returned home and told her parents of what took place. Whether they believed in the warning or not isn't known, but she was so distraught and determined to listen to her dead lover's advice that they left the following day for the mainland. When they returned to the island, they came home to devastation. A hurricane had gone through the island, destroying everything it touched. However, aside from the young woman and her family, one other thing survived the storm, their family home. So that's sort of the initial origin story of the gray man and of the other gray man stories that come after it. Um, And that is its most basic form. There's a young man and a young woman. They're trying to meet up again after a long time. Something befalls him, doesn't make it. She sees his ghost later as a warning, and all of the other sightings since then Follow that pattern, not of, you know, necessarily it being someone they know, but of being forewarned by the gray man. And if they heed its warning, they and their property survive. Okay. So definitely we've got this sort of like omen, I guess. He's a he's a portent of things to come. A harbinger. A harbinger, exactly. Yes, there you go. That was the word I was looking for and could not pull. Yeah, so a very amenable ghost. He's just trying to help. A very helpful ghost. I have to say, stories like this led me to believe growing up that quicksand would be a much bigger problem in my adult life than it has been. To be fair, he did not, he was not victim to quicksand. He was victim to like marsh mud. It does say quicksand, actually. Oh, just kidding. Yeah, no, there's quicksand in this marsh. Was he on a horse or did I make that up? No, he was on a horse. You were right. Um, His horse throws him, I think. It's one variation. I wasn't sure if we were in like a swamp of sadness situation and I was very disturbed. Oh, no. <laughs> upsetting but yeah quicksand and scorpions were like two things I thought I was gonna have to deal with a lot more when I grew up than I've had to I've not yet come across either of those things the scorpion thing is probably more likely than the quicksand thing eventually but but I mean like am I crazy or did like did you also grow up with like the shared 90s kid knowledge of how to survive quicksand (laughs) yeah it's you stop moving yeah you stop moving or like you try to lay on your back because like surface area anyway we all know how to survive quicksand and none of us are ever gonna need that never say never (gasps) yeah that's true things they should have told you though right Anyway, that is, again, general origin story of the uh, the Gray Man of Polly's Island. Now, some people believe the original Gray Man was the younger son of the family that sort of first settled on Polly's Island. Some people believe he was the son of the original owner of the Pelican Inn. Um, some people actually believe the Gray Man is the ghost of the pirate Blackbeard. I'm sorry. <laughs> yup. That just seems a little out of my field, but I like it. I don't really know if there's an association between Edward Teach and Polly's Island, but I've seen that in a couple places that like, some people think it's Blackbeard's ghost. I don't know. We're going to roll with it. Um, regardless, it's not an isolated incident. There are numerous sightings of this thing. We'll get into them, some historically sort of canonized in the Gray Man lore, and others much more recent. He's typically only seen by one or two people at a time. He's typically dressed in gray. He doesn't usually talk, but when he does, he just sort of offers this warning and then leaves. And even when he doesn't talk, people in this area know, like, that's the gray man. This is what he's about. This is what it means when you see him. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, there are a few instances in which he was seen by a larger group of people. Although in those cases, it seems like it's usually at a distance. Um, there was an instance in 1893 when he appeared to a family family and was waving at them, not in greeting, but in warning. The family reports that they just sort of instinctually knew what they were supposed to do. They left, and the following day, the Sea Islands hurricane killed well over a thousand people. But that family was saved. Oh my god. Yeah, pretty wild. I, how come he doesn't, and uh, this is going to sound kind of mean, or like, I don't know how this is judgmental. How come he doesn't warn all the people? wish I could tell you. I do not know. And choosing. I don't know. Yeah, here's the thing though, like, I guess it falls down to community closeness. If you are warned by the gray man, please tell your neighbors. Maybe he's only got limited time he can appear. Okay, that's fair. I shouldn't I shouldn't pass judgment on someone who's who died in a horrible, sad way. And- in a horrible marsh accident. Now is just trying to do his best, okay? <laughs> it's true. Next article I've got for you. I'm going to sort of bring you back into the present now with some articles about the gray man as it relates to hurricane Florence. Okay. Here's one from um, one of our favorite and most reliable sources, coast to coast Nice, 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 nice. So this is an article from September 12th, 2018. That's incredibly recent. Okay. Yep. As hurricane Florence barrels toward land, the monstrous storm has rekindled talk of a legendary ghost in South Carolina known as the Gray Man, the eerie spirit is said to appear on the shores of the state's Pauly's Island prior to massive storms making landfall. However, unlike similar urban legends, this particular apparition is not a harbinger of doom and instead believed to be something of a good luck omen, provided that one heeds the spirit's warning and evacuates the area. So the origin of the Gray Man is, um, again, most often traced to an apocryphal 1822 incident, in which a young man died on the island as he was trying to reunite with his fiance after being apart for several years while he was serving as a sailor, etc., etc. Days Mm -hmm. later, the woman sees her former lover whilst walking on the sands of the island, warned to evacuate because of a storm. She does. She and her family are saved. Um, And the interesting thing, again, is that their property was okay. So that's like something to note, okay, because these legends specifically, and I don't know why this is, it's very interesting to me, the people who heed the warning and evacuate are saved, but usually like their property on the island is also in better condition than the homes around it. And that one's a little more confusing because obviously it makes sense that they would be safe if they listened to the warning and get off the island before the storm hits. Yeah, right, or. exactly. It's kind of wild. I really don't know what the reasoning is for that. He's a spectral house sitter, I guess. Yeah, he just posts up in their house and sort of, I'm just imagining him like... <laughs> This is awful. I'm imagining him, like, running around, like, from wall to wall, just, like, holding them up and, like, making sure. (laughs) No, I'm so glad you said that because (laughs) I've seen a couple of them for Hurricane Florence, but do you remember, it was, like, a year or two ago, I don't remember which hurricane season it was, when we were seeing all these Facebook events that were, like, point at the hurricane until it goes away or, like, dab furiously in the direction of the hurricane until it leaves. Like, maybe that's what the Gray Man's deal is. No, because the hurricane still hits, Alex. Yeah, no, but he just, like, runs around the house in circles real fast to keep the hurricane winds from hurting it or something. Oh my God. That's why he only appears to one person. He can only do one house at a time. It's like a random lottery system, and he's it's like, look, so much work. Like, I'm going to tell you to get out. Tell your neighbors to get out, too, but I can only guarantee protection to this one place. I can only do so much. I'm one ghost. I'm only one man, ghost man. <laughs> I'm only one gray man. Yeah, of course. There you go. There it is. <laughs> Boom. Just like, chugging, like, spectral Gatorade and just. <laughs> Got to get those ghost electrolytes up. Mm-hmm. Those um, ectoplasm lights. I don't know. It didn't work. No. No. <laughs> but I love you. So. At least you're honest. <laughs> Okay, so tales of the apparition have been passed on through the generations in South Carolina and very much an oral tradition, folkloric sort of thing. But they really seemed to pick up steam when the story first appeared in print back in the 1950s. Okay. Since that time, The Legend of the Spirit has been featured on numerous television programs and in a variety of publications, often resurfacing on the eve of a major hurricane, as we're seeing this week. And, true to form, rumors of gray man sightings have already begun circulating among South Carolina residents. Strangely enough, says Coast to Coast, this is not the first that we've heard of the spirit this summer, as a spooky ghost sighting in the state back in July led some to wonder if perhaps the spirit was offering an early warning about what was to come. Whether that was the case or not, people in the path of the storm would be wise to heed the message of the gray man anyway and head for higher ground before the Florence arrives, since forecasters say that the hurricane will likely be devastating. So some very practical advice from Coast to Coast AM. Mm Mm-hmm. Listen to mysterious ghosts that bring warning of impending doom. Every time. Always listen to strange ghosts on the beach. Yeah. I have that tattooed (laughs) on my forearm so I never forget. Always listen to strange ghosts on the beach. It's an elegant saying. Easy to remember. Rolls off the tongue. Well, you could use the elegant acronym, (laughs) ALSGABA. Did you like write that down so you could figure out what the acronym would be? Or no, I just sort of did a guesstimate. But I think it was good. I did a phonetic estimation. Yeah, that's okay. One take Addison, that's what we call you. I would I wish you wouldn't. <laughs> righty. So Coast to Coast also has a story on the earlier sighting from this summer, which was posted in July 23rd of 2018. Mm. Titled Ominous Ghost Spotted on Pier? <laughs> Sorry, it's an audio format, so I'm just trying to give you as much of, like, the punctuation and everything as possible. Why is it a question? (laughs) Okay. Ominous ghost? Spotted on pier? Which part of it's the question? All right. Uh, Yeah, good question. Ominous ghost spotted on pier? Is that the word for these things? Or are they confused about whether or not he's ominous? Anyway. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever the case. A photo from a couple vacationing in South Carolina is causing a stir online, as some suspect that it features a ghost which could be a harbinger of bad things to come. The intriguing image was taken by a man named Johnny Cobb during a visit to the beach community known as Cherry Grove. From the location where they were staying, Cobb and his companion had a fantastic view of a long pier which stretches out into the ocean, and decided to snap some pictures of the site while standing out on the balcony of their hotel room. Okay. It was only later that they noticed something rather spooky had appeared in one of their photos. You know how it is with ghosts. A lot of times you snap the picture, you don't think anything of it, later you check, and oh my gosh, there's a ghost in your photo. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, that tried and true tale. We've all had it happen to us. Yeah, ghosts love to photobomb. They're stuck in the past, right? So they only know memes and pranks from, like, two thousand. <laughs> so they're stuck in 2009. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like They still plank. They still, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you, like, your house was haunted, but, like, by a somewhat recent ghost who, like, would make weird sounds happen in your house, but every single time it was just never going to give you up by Rick Astley? hmm Every single time. You, like, come out of the shower and your mirror's all fogged up and they've drawn, like, a troll face. Oh, God. In the steam on your mirror. Oh, that sounds awful. And the ghost's name is just like Chad. I hate being haunted by Reddit ghosts, (laughs) they're the worst. Anyway. Anyway. As you might expect, Cobb wasn't ready to acknowledge that the thing in his photo was, in fact, a ghost. He was like, well, there is something strange. I don't know if I would call it a ghost. Coward. But don't worry. But don't worry. The internet was ready for you. <laughs> the okay, internet came good. to everyone's rescue and said, oh, no, don't worry. It's for sure a ghost because it's the internet. And this is coast dot com. <laughs> A local ghost tour operator named Mike Neff noted that there is a long history of spirits said to reside along the stretch of beach, known as the Grand Strand, that includes Cherry Grove. Although most of them are your run-of-the-mill area legends found in communities across the country, there was one in particular that may be cause for concern, and that is, of course, the Gray Man. Why is he cause for concern? He's helpful. Well, he is helpful, but he's concerning because he's telling you, like, there's a storm coming. So, you know, if you're the kind of person who is concerned by large storms coming to your area, (laughs) then I can see how you might be worried. Touche. All right. Let me pull you up a history of some incidents which have featured the gray man. Okay, yeah. So, sightings. Yes. Sightings, as it were. So that you might become aware of his ominous history. Now, what I don't want here is for... The gray man seems to be implicitly associated with the badness of the storms, and he is doing nothing but being helpful. This feels oh, a little is, bit. Yeah, he is not bringing the storms. He is <laughs> appearing to give people notice about the storms. Like, don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> Especially because he's a ghost and it won't work. (laughs) It will not work. You will probably end up shooting someone else instead. That's a really stupid reason to have to have in court too, right? Can you imagine? Okay, well, I know I, I accidentally killed that guy, but I was trying to shoot a ghost. Yeah, do you really want to face manslaughter charges because you couldn't handle bad news from a ghost? Yeah, do you want to be that guy? Side note, so he's called the gray man because he wears gray, not because he is gray, correct? Correct. Yes, he dresses in gray. In all he gray. He does in all gray, usually. Usually. He does seem to actually like appear fairly corporeal when you mm-hmm. see him. Like he looks like a guy. Okay. So I went to undergrad with this girl, Anna. Shout out Anna if you're listening. I don't know. I know Caitlin listens and you guys hang out. But um Anna used to wear a lot of all-gray outfits, and she may or may not have coined it. To be fair, maybe other people have come up with this, but she's the first person I ever heard use this, and I thought it was brilliant. Uh, And she would wear these all-gray outfits, and she called them groutfits, and that was, like, a signature thing for her. And I'm sure she still rocks a groutfit from time to time. I just haven't seen her in several years, but... I just wanted to bring up the fact that the gray man is consistently rocking a grout fit and that's all. Oh, true. I wear a lot of gray and I do think of the word grout fit a lot because I've heard you tell that story before. Yeah, but not on the mic. But I, Well, no, 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 no. I mean, by all means, tell the people your story. But I just have to say <laughs> that the word grout fit is to me deeply uncomfortable because it feels like wet cement in my mouth. <laughs> exactly. It's evocative. <laughs> it's a grout fit. All right. So, Let's talk a little bit about weather trends on Polly's Island and how they relate to the Gray Man. This is from, actually, weathertrends360.com. It's an article from August 18th, 2017. The article is titled The Legend of the Hurricane Forecasting Ghost, the Gray Man. And I do recommend looking it up. This is really fascinating, and it's a cool, pretty detailed look into sort of the history of everything that has to do with the gray Man. We're not going to go over all of it, just because a lot of it is basic introductory information that we've already covered. And you guys don't want to listen to me just read you a bunch of stories. There are other (laughs) podcasts for that. But as of the time this article was written, it was sort of knee-deep in hurricane season um, with Tropical Storm Harvey and at least two other, like, Tropical Storm things that were of concern to meteorologists at the time the article was written. Harvey was the biggest one. I remember that being an issue. Like, even up in our area, we were talking about the fallout from that. So just so you have sort of a mental image of where Polly's Island is located, it's about 70 miles north of Charleston and 25 miles south of Myrtle Beach. According to the town's website, it's known as one of the oldest summer resorts on the East Coast. And most specifically, it's a barrier island. It's less than four miles long, and it's about one house wide, which is separated from the mainland by a salt marsh. So it's a really small little island, just like tiny, 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 which is so fascinating to me then that the ghost has the specific association with like this one tiny barrier island. But I guess since it is a barrier island, it's like a place that would be like a a front for storms to come in, you know? So Mm -hmm. I don't know. But it is certainly no stranger to hurricanes. Notorious storms that have ravaged this town include Hurricane Hazel in 1954, Hurricane Hugo in 1989, and most recently, as of this article, Hurricane Matthew in 2016, just to name a few. Because of Pauly Island's vulnerability to tropical systems, residents know to heed the warnings when a storm is headed toward the island. Nowadays, most residents get their weather information from the National Hurricane Center or other weather forecasting outlets. But a lucky few have been visited by what some claim to be a ghost whose appearance is an omen that a storm is headed toward the island. And that is, of course, the gray man. It's our boy. It's- boy, the gray man, who spares the life and property of those who heed his warnings. There are reported sightings of the gray man dating back to 1893, and in 1954, he is reported to have knocked on the door of a newly married couple honeymooning on Polly's island. In this case, he told them to leave the island due to an approaching deadly storm. Despite clear skies that day, the couple heeded the stranger's warning and left the island. Within days, Hurricane Hazel brought her deadly and destructive fury to the island. Oof. Yeah, in 1989, the gray man was seen once again ahead of what was at the time the costliest hurricane in history, Hurricane Hugo. In this case, a couple walking on the beach claimed to have seen a man walking directly towards them. When he was within speaking distance, the husband raised his hand to greet the stranger, but he simply disappeared. Thereafter, Hurricane Hugo destroyed the couple's neighborhood, but left their home with little damage. Hmm. Yup. The article then just goes on to say that as of the writing of that article, um, nobody had come forward with like preliminary sightings about Tropical Storm Harvey. And I I haven't seen any from then. I I did like a cursory search to see if people talked about it, but Mm -hmm. I haven't seen any since then. The next website I want to check out is phantomsandmonsters.com, which actually offers several different sort of iterations on the gray man myth and idea and where he comes from, as well as some other, like, local ghosts in the Carolinas and how those sort of might tie into the idea of the gray man. But I think it's fascinating just to look at a few different versions of them. Beautiful, yeah. And some of these sightings range from, like, historical and oft-recorded in nature, like the 1893 sighting and the 1954 sighting are talked about a lot. So specifically the 1954 one gets a lot of attention with like the honeymooning couple in Polly's Island. And you might remember I said the 1950s is when that story like started appearing in print and became really, really popular and took off at the time. So I think that's why that one gets the most notoriety. But there are a bunch of modern sightings too, often from places you would expect like YouTube or Twitter. Um, in a 2016 video titled, I Saw a Ghost Storytime, of course, a YouTuber named Clifton McDaniel shared his account. <laughs> Storytime, time, always with the story time caption. Yeah, it's all caps. I saw a ghost! Exclamation point. Story time. Parenthesis. Paranormal experience. <laughs> hey, that's pretty standard format for vloggers, if I'm not mistaken. If we're gonna remember all the way back to that troubled time of 2016. <laughs> Oh boy, here we go. Well, it's still, it still is the format. I just the other day I was trying to browse YouTube for some fun, fun and funky videos. Yes, I was watching Danny Gonzalez look at things on Instagram again. And trim, trim. it was not trim, trim. But one of the recommended videos was something like Nightmare Tinder Date Almost Died Storytime. Um, Storytime. Um, what if we just subtitle every episode of Crypto Keeper from now on Storytime? I think it would really increase our audience. Actually, <laughs> we we probably get, would. we could get some brand deals going. We could, oh, get that sponsorship. Mm-hmm. Hi, everybody. This is Alex Foying, and I'm here to tell you all about a cool new snack subscription service. <laughs> <laughs> Story no, time? It's, no, it's YouTube. So we have to talk about the Fab Fit Fun Box and Bark Box. Oh gosh. Anyway, yeah. Bark Box. I would. Okay, Bark Box. If you're listening, I would like a Bark Box. <laughs> You know you can just purchase their products on the internet. That requires currency. Oh, you want them to, yeah, you. we want a I mean, That's product. the whole point of, of the sponsorship. Yeah, you're right. It's true. I don't make money. I'm a podcaster. It's fair. <laughs> anyway, so uh, tell me what he says in this video. So, it's story, story time. time. Here's what Clifton McDaniel says. What a name. Yeah, right? Like, Good. Okay. Pull there, Clifton. Why is he even making YouTube videos when he should be managing his family's estate? Clifton McDaniel. Or, like, writing novels. He should be writing novels about, like, moody New England settings, you know? Oh. I thought he was a character on Downton Abbey. Okay. Continue, please. (laughs) He could be both. Anyway, Clifton says... This was something that happened to me when I was 12 or 13 years old. Believe it if you want, but this is my experience, so here you go. So my family likes to vacation in Polly's Island, South Carolina. It's a little town slightly south of Myrtle Beach. We usually stayed at the campground at a place called Huntington Beach State Park. I still tend to go to it a lot. It's a really cool, relaxing beach environment. One of the things we like to do as a family is go walking on the beach pretty late at night, around 11 or midnight. I remember the moon was really bright that night. The beach was pretty well lit, and as we were walking back, I remember looking out at the ocean, like right at the shore, and I saw a man with a straw hat on. He was maybe ankle deep in the water, just kind of looking out into the water. It was mainly a silhouette. It was dark, and the moon was kind of backlighting him or whatever, and I remember he looked in our direction and kind of put his hand up. It wasn't like a full wave, but it was an acknowledgement that he saw us there. Me being my socially awkward self, I kind of gave him a little half wave back and looked away to my parents. But then I looked back, and it almost seemed like he was fading away. I know it sounds cliche or whatever, but it was like my eyes had the burned-in image of him standing there, and when I looked back, he just kind of dissipated. So that's the basic sighting. Um, wow. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Question. Yes. How long is the YouTube video? Um, I think the video is... Mm, kind of long i'm gonna guess it's like 20 minutes to tell that amount of information oh probably yeah no there's also way more <laughs> oh no okay uh, no no i'm not gonna read the whole thing to you but basically that was the sighting that clifton had i, I didn't want to mince clifton's words at all but i'm going to do so for the rest of this because i don't want to read the rest of a youtube video transcript <laughs> understand basically um they go back to their campsite and it's really, really stormy. There's like a, a crazy front that blows in. They were in an RV and the wind was just like insane and rain and lightning, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The next morning they woke up and the campground was, and I quote, like a disaster zone. Things were like torn off or, or you know, upset, strewn all over the campsite. Right. But their campsite was, fine. was completely intact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They had even a clothesline hooked from the camper to a tree right behind it. And the clothes were still on the clothesline. No. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing had been touched, like, at all. So apparently, a couple of weeks later, Clifton's aunt came to visit, brought a book of local ghost stories. Um, Clifton mentioned the sighting on Polly's Island. And they had, like, a connection. And the aunt was like, oh, my gosh, you've never heard of this thing? And, like, told him all about the gray man. So that's the sighting. But that was, like, a really fascinating experience, I think yeah i I feel very bad. I think I have some biases I need to unpack here because I am having trouble buying this story, not because of anything in the story itself, but because I don't trust YouTubers a YouTuber. <laughs> I don't trust YouTubers. If you're a YouTuber and you're listening to this, I'm very sorry, but you have to earn my trust. I trust exactly one YouTuber, and it's compilations of prosy defines. <laughs> oh, I thought it was going to be true, true. No, I don't trust Troom Troom. I love Troom Troom, but I don't trust it as far as I could throw it. Understandable. Here's the thing. If all the other YouTubers will band together and remove remove Logan Paul, oh, God. I will begin to trust and to heal again. But currently, I cannot trust it. In a war between Troom Troom and Logan Paul, whose side would you stand on? Do you think that he even has a ghost of a chance pun, very well intended, against that kind of chaotic energy? Oh, gosh. I hope not. I really hope not. I hope that— I want to see the next Troom Troom video, and I want it so desperately to be spy hacks against Logan Paul. <laughs> and I want him to have no idea what's going on. I just want Troom Troom to, like, go and try to do pranks on Logan Paul. I commit psychological warfare. It's going to be a little difficult because they definitely film in Ukraine. So, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Side note. I apologize to everyone we've gotten into Trum Trum, and I know it's more than one person. <laughs> yeah, also, if this is your first episode and you don't know what Trum Trum is, uh, I just want to encourage you to remember the fact that ignorance is bliss. So T-R-O-O-M, T-R-O-O-M. Alex, stop it. Um, <laughs> I promise I'm gonna get out of this weird war I have against YouTubers first in just a moment, and I actually have this is gonna sound like I'm being funny and doing a bit. Some of my friends are YouTubers, I know, but actually, some of my friends, some of are, my YouTubers. Best friends are YouTubers. Like actually, though, I, I I get it, and there are people who use that platform to do really cool and entertaining and creative stuff, and I think that's awesome. But there's also just like a whole subgenre of human being on that site that say things like worst tinder date ever tried to kill me story time <laughs> and uh taser dead rats for views but uh real quick question about clifton is it clifton yes gosh that is what a name who did that powerful who did, yeah his parents i assume what's his salutation if you have the transcript you should be able to tell me how he starts his videos oh gosh i actually don't know i don't think i don't know if this is the whole What's up, Clifton McFaniels? I, I don't know. Oh, shoot. He should hire you as his publicist. I'm going to be a YouTube ghostwriter. <laughs> and specifically, a YouTube ghostwriter who writes their YouTube ghost stories. So you're a yes, YouTube ghostwriter. i a YouTube ghost, writer. ghost story time ghostwriter. I like it a lot. Very good. And Thank this you. is giving me faith in the platform again. If they can just get rid of all the, if they can just uh, remove all the Nazis, then I'll feel even better. But, oh, man. It anyway. sounds like it would be an easy thing, but here we are. Anyway. It's 2018. Um, nothing's easy anymore. Back to Cryptid Keeper storm warning. Yes, please. I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. No, it's okay. So I have a few more details on the sightings that we've already talked about, and I'm just going to run down those real quick so that those of you who maybe are still in the Carolinas will believe if you ever see the Gray Man, because it's important to me that we take storm safety seriously. Anyway. The first recorded sighting of the Gray Man is from the hurricane of 1822 that hit Charleston and caused over 300 deaths on the outlying islands. That, I think, is that the original story, that sort of apocryphal sighting from 1822, the original, like, initiation of the gray man. Okay. So, the first guy who appeared to his ex-fiance. Okay. In 1893, the gray man appeared to the Lashakot family. He was silent, but his meaning was clear. The family fled the island and survived the storm. This hurricane, called the Sea Islands Hurricane, killed an estimated 1,500 people. Oh, my God. Yeah. And the family, as we already said, was not among that number. So, interesting. October 1954, this is the honeymoon story, found Bill Collins and his new bride, who doesn't get a name, don't know why. You know why. Honeymooning, I mean, I do know why. (laughs) Honeymooning on the island. Around 5 a.m., Bill heard a knock at their door. Too early to be anything unimportant, Bill answered the door. Before him stood a man in rumpled gray clothing and a gray hat, which hid his features. He said that the Red Cross had sent him to tell them to leave because a big storm was coming. Bill could smell salty brine on the man's clothing and heard the urgency in his voice. Suddenly, the man in gray disappeared, leaving Bill stunned and shaken. Bill and his new wife left the island, and Hurricane Hazel struck soon after as a Category 4 storm. Hazel eventually killed 95 people and destroyed 15,000 homes. Wow. September 19th, 1989. Residents of Pauly's Island, Clara and Jack Moore, were walking along the beach. They saw a man dressed all in gray suddenly appear among the dunes. He approached them, then vanished. This was warning enough for Clara. She and Jack packed bags and fled inland. Two days later, Hurricane Hugo struck the coast as a Category 4 storm, killing 76 people along its path and causing $10 billion in damage. Oh my god. Mm Mm-hmm. So, there are a few different, like, versions of the origin story um, detail here as well. None of them are really significant enough variations on that original sort of base layer mm-hmm. myth to, to change its, its meaning significantly. With the exception that a few versions of the story do include, like, some of them have an additional component to them where the lover was lost at sea for a long time. Or even where the woman remarried because it was thought that he had died at sea and then he shows up later, like the Odyssey in in the wreckage from a storm. It it does kind of have an Odyssey feeling to it sometimes. But that part to me, I think, is interesting because the initial version of it, I think, just like with this guy dying in a marsh and then warning her about a storm, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. The idea of this ghost being someone who's been lost at sea because of storms for a long time, then coming back to warn his beloved about a storm that's coming, like that Mm -hmm. is more narratively satisfying. Fine to me i don't mean to tell the yeah, ghost like how he should have lived his life but can, that version to me is more interesting yeah this is alex uh she punches up ghost stories that have been around <laughs> for hundreds of years no i actually understand that as well it's like it's almost as if if he died at sea for example it's like he's less haunting the island and more that's his home island he haunts the sea sees like yeah. a storm brewing and then returns to his home to warn the people there that it's on its way right As opposed to being based on the island and feeling the storm coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Side note: a fun fact, and by fun, I mean depressing and upsetting for a number of reasons. While we're talking about hurricanes, and you've probably read about this already, but I do think it's interesting and important to remember because this might be something people need to be reminded of, and so they can take things seriously. Um, Hurricanes with female-coded names tend to cause more fatalities because people—this is not a joke—people subconsciously take them less seriously and don't prepare. the most mind-blowing thing to me. Like it's a hurricane, people. There have been a ton of psychological studies about the extent to which our subconscious is affected by gendered practices and it is, in this case, literally devastating. It literally hurts people, kills people, ruins people's lives. It's very interesting and interesting in a very frustrating and upsetting way. If but- you die because of gender norms, think how that will look. <laughs> think how that will look, she says. But in all seriousness, like, when I first saw that information, I thought that's someone's running a little too far with it. It does sound like something. It sounds like a poem. It sounds like yeah, like a slam poem, and it's not. It's a, an actual statistic. It sounds like something some like skeptic YouTuber would use as an example of like the hysterical feminists on Tumblr or whatever. Yeah. But like, I don't know. This is a peer-reviewed study. It's wild. I am a hysterical feminist on Tumblr, but also like. This is not actually hysterical because hysteria doesn't exist because the uterus can't actually wander around the body, you 1800s asshole. Anyway. I mean, here's the thing. I think I'm hysterical. And I'm a feminist. (laughs) Ha 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 But, yeah, people take hurricanes with names perceived as female names because, like, let's be real, name is a name. It's a sound you make to denote that a person is a specific person. But names that are perceived female. Cause people to take hurricanes less seriously and so they often cause more damage yep that's some crap so here's uh, hoping that everybody in the aftermath of florence is okay again like it's weird to be doing this whole episode on warnings when by the time this episode comes up it won't Mm -hmm. matter but you know for the future and if any of you saw the gray man please let us know Mm -hmm. so on that note there is an article on agc.com from cox media group as of September 10th, 2018, just a few days ago. And what's interesting is that this article is just basically talking about, like, the gray man and how the ghost tends to occur before hurricanes in this area. And the article ends by saying that at this point in time, like, so far, there have been no reported sightings as Hurricane Florence bears down on the Carolina coasts, but you never know. And reader, indeed you don't, because guess what? What? There have been sightings since then. (gasps) No. Yes. Yes. <laughs> MysteriousUniverse.com, September 13th, 2018. Wait, this the- is hot off the digital presses. Literally today, this morning. Yeah. Oh my God. This is like, there is steam coming off of it. This is so fresh. Yeah, right. And what a time to be alive, dear reader, because in this day and age, we can start collecting our folkloric ghost sightings from instantaneous crowdsourced platforms. Twitter has apparently had a few semi-viral sightings people have been talking about of the gray man and it's so cool that we can find out about this kind of thing because earlier in history you know if somebody had a sighting we would just kind of have to hope that somebody at some point mentioned it to somebody who was a historian or wrote it (laughs) down or got interviewed but now like if some random joe out on the street or in this case some random ryan fontaine who is (laughs) at r-i-a-n-f-o-n-t-a-i-n-e-e on twitter sees the gray man they can just tell the world about it and we can find out so ryan fontaine is a 23 year old college student who still lives on polly's island and he was interviewed by yahoo lifestyle and says a few comments about basically like thinking you know everybody in this area has heard the story especially when hurricanes or tropical storms begin to form like it gets brought up And it's not a good thing to see him, but it tends to give locals an idea of what we're dealing with, which I find fascinating. On September 9th at 7.02 p.m., Ryan tweeted, One of my regulars said he and a group of five people walking on the beach said they saw the gray man on Polly's yesterday. Time to start packing my bags and head inland, y'all. I love the casualness of that tweet. I was, when you said initially Mm -hmm. that this had happened on Twitter, I was thinking this was going to be another kind of Twitter clickbait situation and people trying to get clicks and retweets. This is such a casual tweet. I love that. Time to start packing my bags and heading inland, y'all. Oh, I love it. (laughs) You know, we just talked about, like, gendered assumptions, and I'm pretty sure I accidentally misgendered Ryan. Sorry, Ryan. The last big storm, Hurricane Hugo, from 1989 was before Fontaine's time, but her parents remember it well. They both left and went inland during the storm, she says. They had talked about stories of the gray man. When asked if she knew of anyone whose lives were affected by dismissing the gray man, she said supposedly their homes were demolished or close to it. Wow. Yeah, so even we can make assumptions sometimes. Yes. truly. Hey, it happens. And there is another tweet, just for clarification. Ryan's tweet was on September 9th. This cool. is a tweet from September 8th saying, and this is from a Sierra J. Doveley, who mm-hmm. is at S. Carolina Sierra. Mm-hmm. Oh lordy, it's getting real now. I just read that there was a sighting of the gray man at Polly's Island yesterday. So that would have been September seventh, before oh, wow. this other incident. So at least two different ones. Yeah. Yep. He's out here warning the people. He's out here doing his best work, you know, and the best we can do is listen. In this day and age of corruption in the media and quote unquote fake news and all that jazz and just so many issues popping up with these mainstream media outlets, independent news outlets are more important now than ever. And that's very true. And I think that we consider I think that we can easily consider the gray man to be a very important independent news outlet when it comes to weather reporting. And I would like to you know what you know him. Yeah. I want to propose something. It's been a hot second since we accused a celebrity of being a cryptid. Who do you think it is? But what if Jim Cantore is the gray man? Do you? I mean, maybe. I mean, here's the thing. I think Jim Cantore is probably the gray man. How much gray does or he gray man. <laughs> I don't know. That's true. But, like, everybody has to have a cover story, right? <laughs> so during the day, he's Jim Cantore. And he's, you know, out there reporting to the masses. But as soon as that shift ends, he strips off the rain slicker and he's just wearing a gray suit underneath and then he hits the streets. Oh, no. I don't know. No, he never I sleeps. I love Jim Cantore. He never sleeps. He's got to warn the people. An American icon. Ah, oh. He doesn't have to sleep. He's a ghost. Oh, shoot. He's been dead the whole time. <laughs> we just six sensed. Jim Kentore. <laughs> Whoa. Wild. Sorry about the spoilers for a movie that came out almost 30 years ago. <laughs> uh, goodness gracious. But yeah, so that's the gray man. That's the gray man of Polly's Island. Real talk. It's been fun here. But it should not take a cryptozoological phenomenon to get you to listen to forecasters. I know we all make a lot of jokes all the time about meteorologists and how much of their job they're allowed to get wrong. Meteorology is a really inexact science. When you consider how many factors they're working with every single day, it's a miracle they're able to tell us as much information as they are, mm-hmm. as consistently as they are. But storms and tropical events and things of that destructive magnitude are things that we can predict. And even if like, you accidentally evacuate and nothing happens, like that's way better than the alternative, right? Please, just take precautions when you can. And I know not everybody can afford to evacuate. And there's a lot of like really shitty politics that make it super difficult for the people who most need to get out of these areas to do that. And I'm not blind to that fact. I know that that is like a reality of the situation. But even if it's just a matter of like taking precautions, making sure you have food and bottled water, getting to shelter, like doing whatever you can, please just make sure that you're somewhere safer than no precautions at all. Mm -hmm. And we live in a day and age now where we are able to get this information ahead of time and have warnings that don't have to just come from the mouth of a tragically drowned sailor (laughs) appearing on (laughs) the shoreside. Yeah, exactly. We have so much technology and so much immediacy available to us in our current day and age. And honestly, with networks like what we have now, like the likelihood of you being able to reach out and find Even a helpful stranger is, like, even better than usual. Even if it's just a matter of, like, reaching out to the Cryptid Keeper Facebook group and saying, hey, does anybody live further north than me who can let me crash on their couch or, like, or find me a shelter or something in your area? Like, I'm sure there are resources available to you. There are gray men all over the place. Mm -hmm. You just have to reach out and find them. Be the gray man you want to see in the world. Be the gray man you want to see in the world. Help people. Storm safety is so important, guys. There's enough going on in our world already that, like, you don't need to let yourself stay directly on the path of something that can be avoided. If it can. Yeah. If it can. And if we've taught you anything in, is this our 69th episode? (laughs) Yeah, you know, I think it is. (laughs) Nice. If we've taught you anything in these 69 episodes of podcasting, then it should be that the most mysterious and beautiful, strange force in this world is love and compassion for others and so right i want to see more sightings of that all the time (laughs) oh damn that was so good it wasn't but it was sincere no it was emotional i thought you were going to say nature and then you hit me with love and i was like oh this is good that's the hollywood gold baby (laughs) i mean i am hollywood adjacent now that's right but yeah i think that's that's my thoughts i like them they're good thoughts thank you (laughs) anything to add So, in an abrupt tonal shift, I just want to take a second to plug our socials and remind everybody about some of the other cool projects we have going on. You can find us, as usual, on Twitter at CryptKeep. C R Y P T K E E P P O D. We are also on Facebook as The Cryptid Keeper. We are in the Facebook groups realm as The Cryptid Keeper Appreciation Group, which is a group that both Addison and myself belong to and interact with. There's a ton of really cool conversation and content happening in there on the daily. I don't use Facebook a whole lot anymore, but that's a group that I'll check pretty regularly, so it's a fun time. Um, you can also find us on Patreon at The Cryptid Keeper. Patreon donors of the $5 tier or above also have access to our Discord server where, you know, it's a pretty cool space. We, uh, we hang out and talk about cryptids and literally anything else. It's like such an It's a secret club! It's a cool secret clubhouse. Um, mm-hmm. Not to say that, like, you can't have fun if you can't donate. Like, there are plenty of ways that we appreciate our contributions from our listeners, even if it's just taking a minute to listen to the show and share your good energy with us. Like, that is everything. Hopefully several of We've gotten minutes. where we are from, like, yeah. We've gotten to where we are today, like, solely through just the goodwill of the people who listen and like what we do. So help us keep doing that. We really, really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, is that everything you wanted to touch on? I think so. So, yeah. As always, we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there.